Hello, everybody, and welcome to our pastor's podcast, You Asked. Here in the room with us today are pastors Chris and Eddie, as well as our pastoral residents, John Mulligan and Jonathan Zavodny, and I am Pastor Justin. We're going to go over a couple of questions that were texted in last Sunday. Uh, the first one that got sent in was this, how can Jesus inherit that which he created and was rightfully his? Pastor Chris, you preached Sunday. Can you give us a little uh, background coming into the question of how Jesus can inherit that which he created and is rightfully his? Yeah, we, we talked about, um, you know, as Jesus, obviously, as, as creator, which which is going to get us there, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, being, being creator <clears throat> means, means he created everything that there is. Obviously, it, it makes him inherently, um, as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creator of the universe and, and all that is. Uh, we talk about inheriting. Um, there's a sense of Psalm chapter 2, uh, also Philippians chapter 2, uh, Romans chapter 8. will all give reference to um, a sense of inheritance that um, Jesus will gain simply because of his work, what he had done. By following through, and Hebrews is going to talk more about this as we move forward, but because of his incarnation, taking on human flesh, living a perfect life, dying, rising again, ascending, and now exalted at the right hand of the Father, he now has, as Psalm 2 will lay out really, really clearly, has now, quote, what we'll say, earned his, uh, his right uh, to be king. It's not that he wasn't king. It, he, so we'll talk about Hebrews 2. His, his living without sin, we'll talk about there as a sense of even earning um, his right to be a sympathetic high priest in chapter 4 doesn't mean he couldn't be a high priest before so a lot of Hebrews is going to focus on the result of his efforts and what he went through and what he accomplished has now given him that right so Psalm 2 um, is going to reference that um, where you have uh, you know he says he installed him as king and then it says ask, ask of me and I'll give the nations to you uh, it was just a, a right that he had as a result of, of his work and it really speaks to the preeminence of Christ and his work in that he already had those things. He was already the first amongst creation, but he still gave himself up for creation and through his work earned it back again. Like there's just kind of like a double nature to it where he didn't really need to. He already had the preeminence, but because he went through his work, it's even greater. It's even more significant because of that. That's why Hebrews 2.10 will say he was made perfect through suffering. Well, well, obviously he was perfect before he suffered, but the suffering, it was a perfection that came about. There was a earning, there was an experiential earning, as it were, of suffering that now he can relate to us. So it, that's a lot of, Hebrews will make a lot of references like that. Yes, he's king. Yes, he, he, he obviously owns, created everything, but he, he inherits it based on his performance, what he did for us, his work. I think it's one of those really, really unique things about who Christ is. You get truly man, truly God. Um, and Hebrews will continue to unpack that. And so we'll, we'll continue to see that week to week as we continue through the series. Um, the second question that, that came in that may take a little bit more time to, to deal with uh, was the following. Someone texted in. At the end of your first point, you said our universe will eventually burn out. That God will roll it all up like a carpet and toss it out. 
if that is true, what is the point of our work and the mundane day-to-day -day tasks we do if it's all going to get tossed out in the end? So maybe Pastor Chris, give us a little more context for those maybe at work there on Sunday, and then we can uh, we can discuss that question a bit as well. Yeah, um, what I said was coming straight out of, of Hebrews 1. It's basically a quote um, taken from the Old Testament the writer brings up. So um, writer, you know, and so so that was where the quote came from. Uh, what I didn't deal with was, which is where the question coming from, there is a further explanation, further mm -hmm. details given. And we talk about <clears throat> a new heavens and a new earth, and we talk about Second Peter 3, the elements will burn up uh, type of thing. Um, and I did this in my BI course, going through heaven and hell, we talked about this subject. But it's not that God is going to, it's not that everything is going to be <clears throat> burned as the idea of it's going to be purified. Um, and it's going to be cleaned, and it's going to be a new earth and a new heavens and a new earth. Um, when he uses the word new, there's two different Greek words for new, right? There's a, there's a word for new as in brand new that never existed before, and there's new as in a, a new version, right? An upgraded version, right? So a car, like I've got a new Mustang versus a 1965 Mustang, right? Those are, that, that's the kind of new that God is using there. It's a new, it looks like the old, has some similarities to it, but it's a new, a new version. And that's the kind of earth we're gonna have, it'll be a new earth. Um, when it comes to our, our works and the things that we do, obviously you have passages like 1 Corinthians 16. It's going to tell us in light of, in light of the resurrection, in light of all um, that's going to happen into the future, and we'll have incorruptible bodies and all of that. It ends with, therefore, you know, um, it talks about going out and doing our work and, and that those things aren't in vain. I think of Psalm 90, where Mo, the Psalm of Moses, the only one Moses ever did, he actually, his last prayer in that psalm is, God, make make my, make my what I do with my hands permanent, is basically the language. Like, make it last, make it significant. Um, and so there is, there is significance in what we do, not just evangelistically. Obviously, we can say that's a pretty much a gimme. I think we would all just be like, yeah, obviously, if I witness to someone, they come to Christ, that's eternal, that will last forever. But there's a sense of our work is the question, does that, does that last? Um, and well, and, and work has been woven into the DNA of man like, from the very beginning. I mean, that was the purpose God gave Adam and Eve in the garden was to work it, to cultivate it. And that's even before sin entered the picture. It's kind of the purpose of man is is to work, is to be doing something. Yeah, there's that element too in Romans 8, right? Creation has been waiting to be set free from its bondage to corruption. And so obviously we're, we're sort of living in the already but not yet aspect there a little bit um, and so we're working as God's ambassadors towards that restoration that is not fully achieved that's why we work even in in mundane things um, it's even why why we've talked about Christians should be really um, excited about taking care of the planet mm -hmm. right it doesn't mean that um, we have to go crazy about that but that you know littering and Failing to recycle is not responsible ambassadors of Christ. Mm -hmm. We just have this conversation with my kids who are talking about a theology of work as they're starting to, my twins are starting to work now, and thinking through that whole concept of, I mean, you, first of all, there's a sense of glorifying God with your work, um, but there's Ephesians 4, uh, 28, that says, let the, let the thief uh, no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Being honest, um, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Just another sense of work is I'm glorifying God with my work. 
Um, so I work hard, I work as unto him, as Colossians will tell us three, but this is telling us also that I work so as I can give, so I can share. I can take care of my own needs, First Timothy 5, um, you know, take care of your own family kind of thing, but also I can take care of others. But I think there's another, there's a very interesting verse in Revelation 14, verse, um, well, there's a couple places, so Revelation 21, 26, which is speaking of what the new earth and what it's going to be like. And it says, talking about nations bringing their glory and their honor in. Um, in other words, they're bringing in artifacts, they're bringing in cultural things they built and made. And so there's a very interesting idea that uh, you see this in Isaiah 60 and other places that, that the nations will be still working and they will be bringing in cultivated goods and things that they make. And, um, but Revelation 14:13 is speaking of a very interesting verse. It talks about um, Christians. It's talking about those who die. Um, it says their deeds will follow them. It's very interesting. There's, there's a sense of their works, the things that they have done. Again, we, we obviously don't believe in any works-based salvation. It's not that the things I do earn me points with God. But there's a sense of that my, the things that we do, like, like I said, like Moses prayed in Psalm 90, that make, make my, what I do permanent, make it last. There will be things on this earth that will actually carry on into the new earth. Um, you know, and, th- and things will carry on. They do have significance. So it's not just what I do, because I think sometimes we can get this idea, like it's only the things I do that, that are spiritual that will have eternal significance, which is why sometimes people look like, well, you're a pastor, so I mean, you, you're actually, your life is going to count for eternity. I, you know, I'm a plumber. My, my life doesn't, you know, I do nothing of eternal significance. Um, and so that there is a sense of those things that continue to be built and moving forward. Yeah, I think we lose sight of the fact that in the new heaven and new earth, like we're actually going to have responsibilities, like we're going to have work, except for us pastors. We're going to be the ones without a job, you know? I mean, we're going to have to go figure out something else to do, I guess. But everybody else, I mean, we're in a, we're in a civilization, we're in a culture where we're actually going to be doing things. We're not sitting around on clouds playing harps, like this is actual earth. Yeah, so I want to pose a question kind of coming back and trying to put together the two models of the one things burn up other hand things are enduring and the way yeah. you talk about definitions of new it seems like you're, you're saying something like the fire comes we're interpreting that those portions of scripture literally some does get burned up that's not a metaphorical understanding um, and then what remains is that which has been done that is making all things new Right, whether in that name or not, um, and so it, it's maybe hard for us on this side of eternity to see exactly what remains and what won't. Sure, but we have to be faithful to the task of what God has called us to, and trust that those things will remain, and that's what we strive towards. Um, is, is that the way you want to describe that? I'm just trying. Yeah, to, we don't, we're trying to reconcile that there's so fire very, very and practically, right? Remaining. Will the iPhone make it onto the new earth? <laughs> I mean, you know, things like that, like yeah. you know, the things that we've invented, things that we have made, are all those things going to burn and have completely no existence into the future? Um, or cars that we designed, or buildings that we have built, you know, those kind of things, will they endure? Well, I mean, I think if you go to uh, Isaiah, there's a very interesting, Isaiah 60, uh, verses uh, 6 through 7, talks about um, these places, the ships that have been built, and things on that, those lines are brought into the new earth. There's, there's ships um, from, from places like Lebanon. Lebanon, sorry. See, I, I, lived, I lived there too long now. I'm calling it Lebanon. It's not Lebanon. Lebanon. 
Um, ships from Tarshish, timber from Lebanon are being brought into the New Earth. It's like, well, th- those nations weren't even quote Christian nations. They weren't. They weren't. Jew- yeah. they, were, they weren't the Jewish people. Yeah. They were the enemies. Um, you know, so there's stuff that will be brought in, even from you know, just because a Christian didn't necessarily build that, uh, doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't get carried over into the New Earth. But we don't. I, mean, I have a list of what are those things sure. that will be built in. But I can say, I could definitely say things that are. Tainted by sin will not be brought into New Earth, right? There will so, definitely not be Android in the New Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going to get Haiti uh, <laughs> Okay, so, so, so let, me, let me ask again then, looking at Hebrews 1, 11, the hev- 10 and 11, the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed. Mm-hmm. So if the cedars of Lebanon remain, the ships remain, the iPhone remains, maybe, um, what exactly is being burnt up and being thrown away? Well, we can definitely say what is being burnt up and thrown away is anything that is, that is, that is sin, that has been tainted by that. So when I say that, I, you give examples, this may be pretty obvious, but there were, we talked about this in our men's Sunday school hour, pornography will not be on New Earth, right? It'll be gone. It'll be consumed, burnt, gone. There won't be a piece of it anywhere, right? So, I mean, there's things like that that will be consumed, burnt, and gone because there won't be any more any more sin on a new earth. It is removing all that's, that is uh, simple and broken in that sense and everything made whole and pure in the new earth. So, um, there are things, and this is, can be goes, this is maybe going to a different track of thought here, but the whole secular, sacred kind of argument, it kind of throws that out. It's like, no, there's things that are, quote, secular that are... Pure. They're okay. They're not. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, that will make it into new earth. So that's why you get back to the whole idea. We're not going to be floating around on clouds and you know with the harp. I don't know how the harp became holy. I don't know how that worked out. But um, as the only David musical, played it. The only musical instrument that's yeah. holy. Um, but you know, I'm saying there's there's things that we brought in um, that are that are quote unquote secular. And we and God doesn't seem to divide those things out like mm-hmm. that. But we tend to do that in the Christian world. So. Does that help a little bit? I mean, again, I, I, anything that, that's that's going to be, um, you know, uh, tainted by sin in that way. And also, to say tainted by sin is immoral, but also things that are broken because of sin will be made whole. Well, right. And I think that's the helpful part of sex is so a good example there to show how the pornography is a, a broken version of that. When you start to talk more about social systems and structures, it's, it's harder to see. But there's government on the new earth. I mean, there's a whole, I mean, I did a whole class on the government of the new earth. There's structure, there's order, there's leadership, and there's work. And there's all this stuff is happening that we're used to now. It's a new earth living on it without the limitations and brokenness and temptation of sin. That's the beauty of it. it, it it'll be a world that we understand because we were made from this earth, right? I mean, we're made, we're dirt taken from the earth. We were made for this earth. Matter of fact, we were, we were never meant to be broken, right? I mean, God walked with Adam in the garden, I mean, on the earth. And when we sinned, that's what threw this whole thing out, right? And that's why we're going to have a new earth. That's why, sorry, that's why you get Genesis 1 and 2, and you get Revelation 21 and 22, you'll see beautiful symmetry. You yeah. see a lot of the same yeah. items that are yeah. back there brought back into the new earth because that's what we're made for. It's where we're supposed to live and work. Work was, like you said earlier, was not part of the fall. I mean, work was there before the fall happened. That those are that's the beauty of it. We're getting back to what we were supposed to have, without sin that was broken and messed up everything that we know now. So it's hard for us to conceive yep. what it's like to live on a new earth, on an earth that's minus sin. Yeah, no, that's good. And, um, and we could probably spend all day trying to parse it out when 
there's other authors and speakers who've done that. Um, so kind of transitioning in that direction, are there any books that come to mind, any talks that you've heard, any podcasts of somebody saying, hey, I'd like to kind of keep following up on this topic that may be helpful? Randy Alcorn's um, book on heaven is phenomenal. He, t- he tackles this subject a lot. He's got, I can't think of the name of his ministry right now, but he, he has a lot of, um, on his website, he's got a ton of like Q&A questions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he does podcasts. I, I, as you guys know, I'm not a big guy. I know we're doing podcasts right now, but I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> That's the Eternal Perspective Ministries. Okay, yeah, yeah. Eternal Perspective Ministries. Yeah. I'm sure he's got audio, video, Q and A's, all that stuff on there. He handles a lot of this stuff. He does a really good job with it. Pastor yeah. Eddie, anything come to mind for you? Uh, Tim Keller's Every Good Endeavor. Uh, even they've got a whole website that's just Ooh. resources. The book is Every Good Endeavor, and then he's gone furthermore to kind of establish kind of a center, I guess you would call it, with different articles and resources to kind of help people understand how does working today have that eternal perspective and what are we what are we working towards? Certainly. Yeah. There's a website called theologyofwork.org. Yeah. And it deals a lot a lot with this idea of, of work. Keller's on there as well. So And I think we have a book in our resource center called The Gospel at Work. It's a little blue book. Um that's a really helpful, just super practical, kind of gives you step-by-step things of going, hey, this is how my work can have that gospel perspective, eternal perspective. What am I really working for? Maybe not just product-based, but people-based, no matter what area of work I'm doing. Yeah, and I would just toss in uh, the book we've been studying as pastors and deacons this year, Gaining by Losing, by J.D. Greer. It has one chapter in there. Um, that relates to this question of our work and how it, it matters for eternity. It's really fantastic. If you haven't read Gaining by Losing by J.D. Greer, I would encourage you to do so. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, John Piper has a book. Um, and I can't think of the, the book it is, but he has a, he has a chapter. Oh, it's um, um, Don't Waste Your Life. He goes, Don't Waste Your Life. He's got, a, he's got a book. He's got a chapter about Don't Waste Your 8 to 5. It's a really great little chapter. Don't Waste Your 8 to 5. And it's like he talks about the value of work. And just one chapter and don't waste your life. Yeah, that's good. Uh, We do hope this conversation has been helpful for all of you. You can always reach out to one of the pastors if you have any further questions. Or always at the end of the sermon, you can text in questions as well. You have been listening to You Asked. 